Hello and welcome to Cybersecurity Happy Hour podcast. I am your host, Christy Ogiberi. Really, this uh, podcast was harvested from my webinar, the webinar I presented at, uh, with Bright Talk on Friday. And the topic of the webinar and the topic of this podcast then is the risk and countermeasures of IoT devices. So I, I hope you enjoy listening to this uh, podcast. Thank you once again. This account measures of Internet of Things devices webinar. My name is Christy Oldenberry. Um, I'm the director of Pinsity. Um, one of the reasons um, I was very interested in this webinar is to really discuss the Internet of Things and some of the risks that we encounter and discuss the countermeasures. And when I mean when what I what we um, encounter is as part of uh, our role, my role when conducting things like penetration testing or cyber risk assessment. These are the risks I still unfortunately continue to encounter. Really, let me just start. I really want to say that I want to highlight some of these and explore some of these countermeasures. Before we begin, let's uh, quickly look into the agenda of this webinar. So, first of all, I'm going to discuss briefly what IoT devices are, and I'm going to be breaking down with the rise of Internet of Things and kind of explaining, of course, you know what Internet is, but then understand what these relationships are. And then moving on from that, when we focus on applications, events applications, uh, the data that's been used uh, for IoT, and then Look at what the benefits are, um, the threats, and the countermeasures. Then round up with some key takeaways. So, so that's really that's what the agenda is. And we're starting off really by looking at how IoT has transformed our world today. So, if you look at our global economies, there are so much devices. There's so much devices that are connected to the internet. These devices bring a huge, enormous risk, and not just a risk. Some some of these concerns are security, privacy concerns for the end user. So really, that is what I want to discuss in this webinar, by looking at some of the uh, the threats really here. Uh, And what I mean, unfortunately, I mean that these risks are not new. Um, as they're not new, we kind of expect some kind of maturity to have developed. There are some, however, I think we still have some more work to, to go. So let's, let's just look at what, let's, I want to just kind of start from the basis and then before I kind of look at what, we, what these traits are. So uh, the typical definition of what is an IoT device? Well, number one, Internet of Things. So we have the internet on on the left-hand side, and we have various devices, what we call things, connected by the internet. I wonder that's the discussion technologies as well, but when I mean things, I mean subjects accessing some form of an object. Now, these subjects, which are things, could be if we're looking at our cars, our smart cars, our fridges, 
So uh, we have other monitoring devices. We have, even if you look at the whole, we have things like our fridges. So anything that has, I would say, that has an IP address, our DVR, digital video recorders, our thing, and these devices, which are good, can interact and communicate from each other, with each other, and also learn from each other. They're going to learn from each other's experiences. Now, how do they do that? That's, as human beings, we communicate. When we meet somebody, we say hello, and then we ask questions, uh, what's your name, uh, what's your background, or where do you work, etc. So, as we communicate as human beings, so also these devices do the same. What is the intention here? Um, is we to uh, have some, that kind of mimic, I would say, that kind of human interaction into a, you know, mimic that human interaction using, I would say, kind of machines. Now, these objects with software embedded has the intelligence to what? To learn and also to what? To modify their behavior. Okay? Now, what are we discussing? Uh, later in this slide. So what I've just kind of touched upon, I'm going to be discussing that uh, in depth in the slides. Okay, let's see what we've got. So I started off with uh, looking at some embedded devices. So what is really, so what's within the IoT? So we just kind of look at this makeup here. So these devices inside of it, I would say they need, they have various components within them that will influence these communications. One of these, uh, one of these objects within these IoT devices are sensors. Now, what would a sensor do? The sensor can pick up or broadcast communications, okay? So they need to have some kind of sensor to, to broadcast or act as a beacon and then Communicate. Furthermore, these IoT devices have software, baseball software, to what? To enable that device. So they're going to be we have the hardware, we have the software, and then this combined together is what promotes that interdependencies. Now I did mention that there are it has ability to learn. Okay, so there's a kind of machine learning in there whereby it can collect data. So you can collect data and also exchange data. So you can exchange data from the client to a server and also has intelligence to receive data. Now, what is the rise? So this, uh, the, the rise in the Internet of Things, it is going to continue to rise. Now, I did mention previously that, yes, you do have some problems. So if these countermeasures or recommendations have not been implemented, then yes, we're gonna they're gonna be a rise, but we're gonna rise as well with the problems. Okay, let's look at some data. So what I mentioned about rise the increase, what about one verified uh, form of research from Gartner? Now what does Gartner say? Gartner says that the number of connected devices uh, is increasing every minute. So, as I'm speaking now, the number of devices are 
increasing, as it says, in the so-called incremented. And they said that this is 20 billion by this year. Okay? That was Gartner's prediction. So by the year 2020, we are going to have up to 20 billion of IoT devices. Now, in order for you to kind of understand if this is true, I would say just kind of look, just glance around either your home or glance around your work environment and just kind of see, okay, how many IoT devices do I have? One in the home, and if you're in the workplace, you want to have this document in your access register, okay? Now, this graph I have in front of me, yeah, it's just really going back. So this is what the prediction was and the amount spent over the last six years. So we're going back from 2016 up to next year, which is 2020. And you can see um, there's a gradient, the scale here, that is slowly increasing. Okay, and also the endpoints are increasing. Of course, if the endpoints are increasing, then of course the gateway, the gateway that is going to be used to communicate from source to destination is going to increase as well. And then of course other concerns are what the security of these objects. Now, why can we really find these applications really now? So, you, I mean, what do we have? We have industrial internet of things uh, you know what's the, what's the advantage of this now if this if organizations use industrial internet of things it can help on numerous fronts and one of them is well you know health but let's look at the industrial part of it it can help again with customer service the organization that will have huge amount of data collected or they deal with a huge amount of uh, products will have that huge customer service base. Okay? Now, with, with IoT, they aim to what? Uh, have that connectivity between the company, the customer database, and the manufacturer. Okay? That's what the IoT does. So, really, this is, and you know, if they have that collaboration, then they can build that data, they can customize that data to suit the organization. Uh, IoT is used in uh, traffic monitoring, um, for water supply monitoring as well. We, uh, we use, IoT is used in, uh, to, in smart cities, and not just smart cities, uh, smart commercial. So we have smart commercial IoT as well. And what the smart commercial IoT does, it also, it, it, you know, it provides that access, okay? Now, when I say access, that means you don't really need a key to get in. So that's just one aspect of it. I mentioned about uh, um, uh, healthcare. Now, there are many appliances within the healthcare industry, such as, I want to use pacemakers, for example. All right, so if a pacemaker is installed within a patient, then that, that pacemaker can communicate, let's say, to a server or to the cloud for updates. Okay, 
and of course that data can be what viewed and accessed by the uh, the, the professionals, the doctors, for example, the surgeons. Um, benefits really, I'm talking about how it's used, can be used for again for uh, for to, to dispose uh, medicine on a timely manager, uh, manner, um, in a timely manner. So um, use for general monitoring of health. When I say monitoring, I think is it would be monitoring and then collecting data, and these data can be analyzed. They can be used for what research purposes as well. Okay. Now, for these research purposes, so when the data harvest and research and they they examined or analyzed, then they can help. Okay, to solve critical medical problems. IoT applications are used in transportation today. Okay, so uh, organization will send a package to a destination. They can have uh, they can track that package from the source to the destination. Now it depends on what that product is or that package is. Now of course, if it's to do if it's something that needs to be monitored, also for example like a temperature, then if the temperature is, is too high or too low, that 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 information can be sent to a dashboard or location, okay, and then it can and be what uh, configured to make sure it is correctly regulated. Um, other parts of transportation uh, IoT, other features are it can track the location of uh, what is in transit, okay. Uh, I didn't mention slightly that we're in the home, we do have some devices. What about things like, I said, I did ask you look around your environment. Uh, we, have, we have smart TVs, it's used for smart speakers. There are many toys that's been used uh, in uh, wearable devices, any smart appliances such as your smart kettle. Okay, your smart kettle will have sensors. Uh, you have IP addresses. Um, if you look at your heating devices, your fridges, for example, I use my job on a fridge that could alert you on your apps. You're going to have these apps installed in your phone, and the uh, app will tell you if um, your uh, supply in your fridge is running low, and that will trigger you to what? Go to the store to purchase all your apps. Not that you don't have to go to the store, you can, uh, you can uh, make. Um,
Um, other things we may have as well, we have our connected factories. Um, now, the objective, as I said, is to what? For if you're using this in the home, what's the purpose? Why would somebody have these IoT devices within their homes? And the reason why is convenience. And what I mean convenience is this, is that uh, if you have a smart kettle or a smart coffee maker in your app, you can, you can program it to, uh, you know, to, to, to boil the kettle in readiness for you when you come down and the kettle, the hot water is, the, the kettle is already hot, you can make your tea, and then that will save you time. Um, the, if, if it's in the workplace, the information, the data gathered can empower businesses and how it can give you some insights, some data-driven insights. Again, with these insights, you can work strengthen or harden your business in order for you to meet, meet your objective, whatever those objectives are. It can uh, introduce, uh, it can have a strengthen strategy, it can uh, also, uh, you can use, uh, you know, provide some kind of efficiency overall, that gives us some kind of overall efficiency. Now, with the the architecture, now I mentioned about some of the devices, uh, when I did my devices where I was my laptop, well, those are the end devices, okay? So you have your software on these devices or your applications on these devices, and then you communicate using, I'm going to talk about that in a minute, about using probably Wi-Fi, I'm going to just kind of gateway. Or this could be in a local area network, and this is a local area network. Then it's going to be going through the OSI uh, stack, or the TCIP stack. So of course, it's going to be communicating via the network layer, uh, through again IP, so using the internet protocol for communication. And then sometimes it passes the data payload down from the network layer to the data link layer. And then from the data link layer, it passes that data package to the physical layer. So when it goes to the physical layer, it what goes out of that network towards our use to the internet or to another network using either the wireless, a wireless, or it could be a wired, um, so wireless or wired. I did mention that uh, it has the ability to what to learn, and how does it do, uh, how does it learn through artificial intelligence and the use of algorithms and then communicate to an API. So there is some kind of intelligence there that gives the ability to uh, to have that machine learning and also probably mimic some kind of we want to mention about human behavior to mimic. That are the human neural networks. Okay? So that's what gives it that, I would say, that edge. It connects to Intel, actually, Intel 2.11. I remember I mentioned about the physical layer. So with the actually Intel 2.11, then it can what? Uh, use, you can connect to remote servers, it can store that data. 
it can also manage that data that is that it has harvested uh, intelligently. Uh, it intelligently uh, harvests the data for uh, either monitoring purposes. Okay, so IEEE is one. I want to say one of the web base that IoT connects. And then we have um, other, other uh, methods of doing this. I've just mentioned a few here. So we have uh, a Z-Wave. So Z-Wave is another type of uh, a modular software. Well, Z-Wave is really a, a type of standard. And when I mean a standard, I would say it's, it's a type of de facto standard. So um, it's, you know, it's what every, every, uh, everyone, what is that word? Everyone is using, what everyone is using for communication through Z-Wave. And what's the advantage of using Z-Wave is that it allows that physical connection of the IoT devices, right? Now, it also has that intelligence, especially from an organizational point of view, to give it that monitoring and management, okay? So, because you want to really manage the devices if they are within your network, you want to have a way of managing that uh, uh, device, you want to have some kind of analytics to what you try to analyze, maybe the behavior, you want to uh, analyze um, some of the security of it, okay? And also, one of the advantages of Z-Wave, it also uh, able to communicate to uh, our neighbors like a, a, a mesh network, okay? So you can, it can support up to, uh, let's say, um, 230 plus nodes uh, or subjects. So if you've got of subjects, I'm using these interchangeably. Then another uh, 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 technology or another way of connecting IoT devices is by using Zigbee. So Zigbee um, was um, developed by the um, Zigbee Industry Alliance, okay? uses, again, the mesh network. However, in this instance, it uses the 802.50.4 standards, okay? And what's the advantage of using Zigbee is, I mean, one thing is that Zigbee was purposely devised or created, I would say, for the Internet of Things. And with Zigbee, the, uh, uh, I would say, one of the pluses is that it can provide real-time processing of streaming data. So you can actually you can actually see those IoT devices being processed. Then, uh, and then lastly, what I'm going to discuss here is uh, the, an area that I think most people are familiar with, which is the Bluetooth, Bluetooth technology. This isn't new. Now, with Bluetooth really communicates uh, through, or uh, I'll say, a shorter distance, okay? Uh, very popular with IoT devices. Um, and how does it work? So you have a node or device that sends or relays communication from itself to many. So it will have that, it can have that one-to-one -one relationship, or it can have that one-to-many relationship, okay? So it can send data 
by a short distance, because British uh, distance are quite short, to other nodes, and then all that information can be collected into a centralized uh, system. Now, what are the technologies behind this? So, I mentioned, I mentioned before uh, about the technologies. Now, I mentioned about cloud. Now, cloud computing, so all this data that is processed, where sometimes where is it stored? And cloud computing is one option. So that processing can be, uh, and that data storage uh, can be used in the cloud. So you have within the cloud, you know, you, you, you can use um, you use that, you can store store that information. That data can be managed and processed in real time as well. I hope securely. Okay. Then um, other uh, technologies, I would say, behind the scenes are edge uh, analytics, okay? So what's edge analytics? Again, it's a type of software that, again, you see, you see we're talking about the key thing here. I've brought up a few things about connectivity. Now, with edge analytics, because you might be harvesting data from various sources. Now, I'm going to just uh, give one example. Now, for example, if a, a company using some kind of, uh, let's say, heating, you need to manage your heating, you know, subscribe to, uh, you have your uh, IoT that needs to manage heating. Now, that data, you can manage it that through an app. However, that data is stored in a cloud and is managed by the vendor. Now, the vendor, your node, is just one instance. They are responsible for many nodes. And using edge analytics, they can what? Able to what? To allow connection and conduct monitoring. And that data is stored in the cloud. Now, you wonder how they, how do they do this? Now, don't forget that your end devices, there will be an agent, okay? So there will be an agent on that device. So the server and the agent on your end device will be communicating. That's how it works. You can have an agent. Okay? So what about that? That will enable what? Remote management. Okay? Now, uh, where are you remote management? Now the configuration lies with you because of course, if you for example you're on holiday, you want to ensure that your heat is not on. So you can configure it, you can manage it remotely. Now, if your uh, heating has some fault, then you, when you speak to the vendor, the, the vendor can communicate through an open port uh, and then manage your device for you remotely. So edge analytics enables these occurrences to happen. Then of course, you know, then we have our database. We always have database. So database also can use real-time processing to handle various workloads or sometimes or various queries, I would say. Now this is this image here. We just really just give you that picture of that visual of really what I've actually what I've talked about. Now I did mention that. That uh, it works in like what we have four stages. So we've got what I mentioned that we've got our sensors, okay? And then and I didn't remember I was referring to what 
mentioned before that you know we you know when he gets to the physical layer and he comes out of your network and it's going towards the cloud he has to go through a gateway and it could go to a, a wired or a wireless so you have one, it could be wired or wireless, okay? And it goes to a gateway, and when that comes about, analyzing and processing, so stage, so stage one is, it collects that data on a wired or wireless device, to go through some kind of internet gateway, the shift there must be some kind of internet gateway that manages or controls that flow of data, okay? So you can see some examples here when I talked about some some wiring. Uh, and then we have then stage three. Then we have XIT where we have you can analyze it, so called analytics and pre-processing before it gets to the cloud, which is stage four. Okay, so you can see when we have our double arrows, you can see that. It's always communication from the source to destination. Or I'll use, let's say, from a, I can use from, let's say, client server type of, of uh, we need to add uh, radio frequency ID. Uh, radio frequency ID um, is one of the key technologies. So I've mentioned a few. So radio frequency ID. So remember I mentioned about tracking, uh, tracking from source to destination. Okay, so radio frequency ID is one of the areas that can be used for tracking. Uh, you can have some kind of applications as well. Okay, so to track your assets. Why? Why do you need to track these assets? Because uh, there's there's could be threat of loss or theft. Okay, and also other technologies are uh, uh, location systems. Now, when I say look, so what, what, why do we need to know, why do we have to track? Because if that asset is lost or the communication is lost, it can be easily remediated. Okay? So it's having that proactive approach. So that if there's any deviation to whatever, whatever cause, then it can be addressed in a timely manner. That's why we need to track it. Um, it is, of course, more efficient for businesses to know where their assets are at all times. It's, it is something, so really, I'm, I'm, I'm kind, of, kind of highlighting um, some of these advantages. I, kind of, I want to walk you through to see, really, I'm talking a bit about the benefits, really, and how IoT is, is applied in various instances. Now, again, just kind of running up some of those uh, why, why an organization will consider uh, using IoT. Of course, cost savings in the long term. Okay? Cost savings in the long term. Easy management, configuration of device. You can, be, you can, build, uh, you can build these devices according to organization's uh, specification. From a business point of view, it gives you a real-time monitoring, okay? especially if you're using, again, some of the cloud uh, devices like real-time monitoring, if you're using software as a service. So if you're using software as a service, you can analyze uh, corporate data 
but you can analyze and you can actually use a dashboard. So that says that data center dashboard for you to, to, to monitor. So you're going to analyze this data. And when I mean data, I'm talking about huge amounts of data, massive amounts of data within the cloud. Um, other things as well, if there's any differences, uh, it has real-time alerts. You would have things like key KPIs, provides key performance indicators, so that if uh, an object is not performing according to uh, um, a level standard, then it can be easily remediated. Or if that if that um, uh, object is actually being, uh, let's say, uh, attacked for whatever reason, then it can be easily remediated. Or sometimes rules can be can be changed. It can also support. Uh, I'm going to say here, yeah, public business continuity management as well. Why? Then um, you can also, uh, uh, you know, you can manage many times between failures. You have also, I mentioned before that, you do have machine learning algorithms as well that can adapt. Okay? When I say adapt, rules can be changed. Now, if there are alerts, now, what these alerts are sent to some kind of administrator or someone responsible for the management of the systems, then what the purpose of having these alerts and benefits is that they, they can be fixed. And if they have countermeasures, if they're not the countermeasures, then the countermeasures can be uh, rapidly deployed. Uh, I mentioned about data insights. You can see your connected mobile devices because you have some sort of agents on these devices. Okay? Um, it, can, it can support your supply chains. It can be used for human resources. Okay? And overall, your overall business processes. So I kind of just, I kind of saw this, really. And um, I'm not really address the security part of it. Um, all right. So I've mentioned about health. I've talked about the, the health benefits can be used in the health sector. I've talked about it can be used for uh, to monitor uh, environments, uh, the environment, uh, supply chain, for example, uh, used to support business objectives. Uh, we can have some kind of uh, preventative maintenance as well, uh, enables remote uh, monitoring. We can use uh, the cloud as a service to analyze this data. And not just that, other business modules. Okay, so um, if I was a vendor, I think I would have probably sold this to you. Okay, so that's good. So let's, let's, let's look at the risk. Now, and, and this is really what I'm kind of concerned about. Now, I said, I said, as in our organization, in XIT, we, uh, we're very interested in security. And we have various clients that deploy these uh, IoT devices within organizations uh, for the reasons I have specified previously. 
but as a, a security professional, I also would like to, I, I always conduct uh, a risk assessment to see um, BSD devices are fantastic, but have you considered this? Okay, have you looked at what the impact, if there's a, some kind of, there is some kind of breach? And have you understand what these threats are so that you can really apply the countermeasures? Especially if you're dealing with uh, personal identifying information. All right, so let's let's kind of look at some of these. So uh, we have there are some security risks. And what is the core uh, concern is that some of these uh, IoT devices have low or non-existent security in all of them. Now. Uh, so, uh, yes, so if there is uh, no security, uh, from, again, from the design, security design was not considered at all, then when these customers purchase these devices from the vendor, they are at risk in the first place. The moment they plug it in and maybe do some, if they are able to do some minor configuration, if sometimes not at all, then they are immediately vulnerable, okay? Um, there are still today, unfortunately, there are still a large number of IoT vulnerabilities that have not been addressed. Even though there are some solutions available. And going from uh, the previous slide, that the increase of IoT devices is uh, escalating or is increasing every minute. Now, the combination of these, all these together, all these threats and vulnerabilities, is what brings this security risk. So, the combination of the threat and the combination of the vulnerabilities within these IoT devices is what's causing enough as uh, causing security researchers or security professionals uh, a cause for concern. So again, these are still some of the challenges, data privacy, security, um, other um, threats. I'm just going to just go straight into the threats. Uh, some of the threats are, I'm saying, not new. So what I mean, not new, is that when you Security and obscurity. 
Now, some organizations believe that maybe if that device or that is, is, is air gapped in some way or is protected, then, and nobody knows about it, then it's secure. Uh, unfortunately, no. Okay? Or, or sometimes, uh, what, you know, I mentioned about wireless networks. If, for example, if a SSS, SSID has been uh, masked in some way, they don't know that we're there. Um, no, 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 you still they can still find out, attackers can still find out um, uh, where you are and abuse your system. Um, lots of personal identifiable information. Um, when it comes out of the box, the, the ports and the servers are still open. But firmware cannot be uh, uh, patched. And one example, you know, we heard about the botnet, Mirai botnet, which was uh, one of the uh, uh, well-published threats, okay, where IoT devices, okay, were used as part of a botnet. Now, of course, that gives him what? Access to remote uh, administration. So uh, an attacker can use what? A command and control server to send what commands, scripts to uh, these IoT devices, okay? Um, Bluetooth, I said Bluetooth hacking. Now, some of these IoT devices are not secure at all. You can easily, if there is some kind of pin, is you can easily, what, uh, 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 you know, harvest the pin. And sometimes, and some research has shown that through that pin, you can also harvest the what the Wi-Fi password. Now, if you get the pin and you get or or, or that device is not secure, you can have as the Wi-Fi password. You're in that wide that wireless network. Okay, so these are some of the threats. I said to name a few. I'm just going to name a few. Here. There's there's still quite a lot, but this is unfortunately I said this is what still um, we're still seeing today. This is what we're still seeing today. Now, other things uh, I mentioned about default passwords. Sometimes, okay, let's uh, weak words. Sometimes the passwords have been changed, but those passwords are weak. They can be easily brute forced in seconds. Well, the personal identifiable information, the credit card number, plus probably uh, bank account details, first and last name. Um, then, if the attacker managed to to have some kind of inference and, and gather those information, they can build the big picture, which again could lead to identity theft. Identity. Now, you might wonder, uh, this will happen. Yes, it still happens today. It still happens today, which leads to what privacy issues. Cast organizations use wireless networks or even wide wide networks. So these IoT devices are connected to these what networks. And unfortunately, if that data is stored locally or even in the cloud and it's not encrypted, it's not secure, then um, an attacker can easily harvest these information. What are the countermeasures? Okay, what can we do? What can an organization do? Or if one has this in the home, what can they do to protect themselves? Have some kind of identity and management uh, software. Yes, have some kind of identity and management software. We want to make sure that you know they have some kind of strong authentication, all right? Or some kind of mutual authentication. Mutual authentication. 
So if we're looking at from this client and server, they should so kind of want to make sure that device is legitimate, okay? Uh, so the device and the, and let's say the client or the device must prove themselves to, to server, okay? So of course, this might involve some kind of private and public key authentication, of course, and, and why? What to mitigate against these malicious attacks. So there's going to be some kind of use of public or a public key or use some kind of encryption through symmetric and asymmetric keys to provide that what? Two-way um, authentication. But made popular using secure hash algorithm. That is one option. Having some kind of uh, the communication for source to, to destination, having an end-to-end uh, encryption to prevent sort of snooping like man-in-the-middle attacks. So having that sort of infrastructure is well advised. Ongoing monitoring, okay? Ongoing monitoring of any systems. I'm not going to specify it must any systems if the organization is, you, you choose, the organization chooses to deploy IoT devices, then you must take, a, you must be responsible and accountable for protecting the information, your confidential information, and also the privacy of your customers, your suppliers, etc. Okay, so having that ongoing monitoring, why? Why do we have to monitor so that if there's any sort of violations, we can easily what mitigate against that? To having this proactive attack. So what can we? What organisations do? If they, you know, you haven't uh, preventing brute force, for example, suspicious credentials can be revoked immediately. Remove, uh, you know, reduce the um, threshold or the clipping, clipping levels for brute force attack. Account lockouts, for example. IP blocking. You block IP, uh, IP addresses. Um, if your devices, your service shall probably have a static, uh, static IP addresses. All right, and then harvest the analyte information to determine fraudulent or malicious patterns as well. Now, with the end end devices, endpoint devices, we want to make sure that they're secure. So, implementing strong physical security is advice, and then having technical controls like an IPS, IDS as well, uh, from monitoring various patterns. So to, to uh, yeah, monitoring various patterns, okay? For example, I mean monitoring various patterns. Um, if data is sent, let's say, at uh, night, when the offices are closed, the business closed, then you know that looks suspicious. So anything that's out of the norm, having those controls in, in place to mitigate against these threats, um, having some kind of um, security life cycle, having a long-term strategy in place, long-term security strategy in place, um, ensure that the data is segregated as well. The, and also in the cloud, I don't mention cloud, that, that data is encrypted as well. So even if there's, or, or if there's a breach, then that data is still secure. They might maybe able to capture data, but they cannot read that data. Other things uh, that need to secure, let's say your IT devices, your speakers must be configured. Your printers must be well configured. Any strong, any smart devices 
must become configured uh, to ensure privacy and ensure that that data, uh, any sort of confidential data or uh, classified data as well, cannot be leaked. Now, when it comes to cars, I mean, I didn't mention slightly that smart cars is one of the other, you know, one of the features of IT device because the car is a device. One of the instances of using a smart car that someone can rent a car and then they can remote lock it, you know, you know. Again, those devices can be easily attacked. So they need to make sure they should have strong authentication. And if they're going to use some kind of biometrics, strong biometrics as well. Now, there's quite a few to cover, but as I said, I can't really cover all of them. I'm just going to give you that insight. Now, what is the future? So the future is, so this is the prediction, or that we're trying to foresee the future. Now, just imagine this. By 2025, there are going to be 21 billion IoT devices. We're going to have numerous, we're going to have that proliferation of smart cities. We're going to have these smart cars. It's going to be almost the norm, going to be increased. That becomes normal. We're going to have smart parking, AI, and infrastructure. However, the problem with it, these are fantastic. But if we do not secure our devices or understand and train those who need to know about the security issues, this problem is going to continue really up, but still we're going to have this problem by 2025. So again, so the fact that these uh, devices are increasing, that's well and good, but we still need to consider uh, security. Now to round up, we have some of the key takeaways from this. Encourage security and design and development. That's where it really starts from the vendor. We have to understand and manage vulnerabilities. Ongoing monitoring. Ensure that the firmware integrity always encrypt. Any unused service support must be closed because that's how the, the communication occurs through back to the back doors. Get on, have ongoing vulnerability assessment and penetration tests of these IoT devices. Even if when you even when you deploy them, you must have either email, vulnerability assessment must be conducted periodically and also pen testing to ensure that these devices are compliant. Well, thank you very much for, for uh, listening to this webinar and I hope that you've learned something from it. Um, if you want to contact me, uh, you can contact me on LinkedIn. My name is Christy Ogaberry. Or you can send an email to, uh, to us at admin at intexit.co.uk. And if you have any questions, please, you can also find me an email. And I thank you once again for attending this webinar and listening to this webinar in the future. Thank you.